Hey, well, also one of my joys of pastoring here is, is recognizing that we have people with some incredible ministry gifts that get to speak into the life of our church family. So we're in a series right now called Rekindle, where we are asking God to just kind of reignite things within our own expectations in our story, saying, God, not only did you do some amazing and beautiful, miraculous things thousands of years ago, Jesus, when you walked on earth, but because scripture says that you're the same yesterday and today and forever, that we would have this kind of rekindled expectation that God's going to show up in our lives, in our stories, in our church, in our homes, in our workplaces, and at school, and everywhere we go. And so today, I have the honor of inviting a very good friend to come and minister to us. And if you've been around uh, Santa Maria Foursquare for a bit, you have heard Pastor Gary uh, minister. He has such a great voice of wisdom and and just deep, deep uh, knowledge and, and uh, instruction. But I want to introduce him differently today because I think it's since he spoke here last, he completed his PhD work. Come on, Gary. He finished his, he finished his uh, PhD work in clinical Christian counseling. And so today... For the first time at Santa Maria Forescar, we get to welcome Dr. Gary House. Would you give it up for Gary? Thank you. Yes. Come on, bro. Thank Bring you. it. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> the check will be in the mail to all of you. <laughs> Thank you. I think uh, a better statement perhaps of appreciation might go to this lady that's had to endure countless hours of me writing and uh, spending time research and all those kind of things that uh, she graciously allowed me the opportunity to get that done. Her only caveat was hurry up. <laughs> get it done. As Pastor mentioned, we've been in a series called Rekindle. And I think it's a really great thought and understanding of God wanting to do something that begins to be reignited within our hearts. Something where we begin to come and realize, I, I've been walking in a particular direction. Some things have kind of detoured me, and I want to get back on track. It's the idea and the concept of rekindling, because obviously, as, as you are all excellent English majors, that, uh, you know, the word R-E in front of a word means something that's being restored or redone and put back to its original state or position. And so there's something that God is wanting to do in each one of us. I don't know what it might be in you personally, but there's something that God is wanting to rekindle in each of our hearts, minds, and souls, and our spirits so that we can be as effective as possible in touching Santa Maria and the Central Coast and beyond with the gospel and love of Jesus Christ. So the Lord is wanting to do that in us. And as pastor has been leading us in that direction, I thought it good for us to do a bit of review and uh, to recheck a couple of things he mentioned last week that I think is important for us to really settle into our hearts and our minds. 
There were four statements that Pastor gave us about Jesus and his work on the earth. He said this, number one was Jesus had power over his own life. He had that ability to make a decision about what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. May I submit to you that there is also that opportunity that you and I share too. We have a decision to make about our life, how we will live it, how it will count or not count, what we will give our lives toward, what we don't give our lives toward. We have those choices and decisions. The second thing Pastor mentioned was Jesus had power over the physical world. There was a sense of provision that God brought about through Jesus. And whether it was something where he needed to feed 5,000 or 4,000, that was fine. He didn't need much to show and reveal the power of God working through him to accomplish what was needed. What is it in your life right now? that you need to see the power of God provide and meet concerning your life. Jesus is able for you. The third thing was Jesus had power over human bodies. And all, isn't that great? You know, he comes along and time after time after time after time, we find people coming to Jesus. And when they do, and they say, Jesus, I need your help. I need your touch on my body. And Jesus heals them. And there's life flowed into them. Where is there a need in us to see the life of Jesus flowing into us? It may be in our bodies, could be in our minds. In other words, stabilizing our thought patterns, our emotions. What is that area where we need to see him extending his power forth into our lives? And then last but not least is Jesus had power over all spiritual matters. You need to remember that the devil, as big of a mouth as he has, is not greater than your God. You know, many of you know the verse from 1 John 4, 4, that greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. So we kind of settle that issue and that point to realize I have the greater one inside of me. We're going to talk about him in just a moment more but he is there to settle things so any attacks of the enemy that he tries to bring across our pathway is not greater than God's ability to overcome and it doesn't matter whether it's the last year whether it's our mental challenges that we may have going on in our heads and I don't know maybe you don't face those kind of things and all but I have a few of those that happen from time to time and my head starts going squirrely and going somewhere it shouldn't be going and all in things and uh, I have to rely upon the power of God to come along and just say no to those things do you realize that you have a tremendous power when you declare in the name of Jesus no to things you don't have to argue with the devil. You don't have to carry on a discourse with him and have a debate. Just declare the power of Jesus over your situation and over your life because it is greater and will dispel the things that would be around you. I want you to pause for a moment with me. In the book of Psalms, I love Psalms a lot, but there's a little word, a five-letter word in there, and it's the word Selah. And one of the meanings for that that I love in one of the translations puts it this way. Pause 
in his presence. A few moments ago, we sang two different songs. And I want to pull out a thought out of each song. Then I want you to pause for a moment. And I'll share with you how this ties in with what we're talking about in a minute. But I want you to pause with me because we're not real good in our Western culture at pausing. Pastor led us through a whole series on that topic last year. Very well done. Great things. If you didn't have a chance to listen to it, go online, go back to it. You see in the archives there about it. Great series of looking how do we walk through moments that where there's pauses. But we're not real good about just stop, wait, and listen. We don't do that real well, generally speaking. But I'm going to ask you to do that for a moment, and that will help you understand why in, in afterwards. But I want you to pause. I want you to close your eyes. And two very simple lines out of the songs you just sang that we just worshiped with. One phrase is this, so good to me. The second phrase was, your love surrounds me. Your love surrounds me. How has God been good to you? And pausing to begin to ponder and consider, he has, number one. And secondly, the many myriads of ways. And then to be reminded that, God, your love surrounds me. I may have all kinds of stuff seemingly coming against me right now, but your love surrounds me. Hallelujah. I am ca- I'm encapsulated by the love of God all around me. And he's there. Lord, for those things and so much more, we take the opportunity of just saying thank you. God, you have been so good to us. So good to us. And no matter what our minds or the enemy would try to invade us with the thoughts of, contrary to that truth and reality, you are a good, good God. A loving Father. And one that provides and extends to each one of us your love that literally surrounds us with that. Father, I just stand with my brothers and sisters right now, both in this room, in the courtyard, online. And Lord, we declare that in Jesus' name that anything that is coming against the truth that your love is presently, right now, surrounding us, we come against in the name of Jesus and say no to those things. Lord, no sin, no attack, no opposition, no other thoughts that would invade our thoughts and thought patterns, our emotions. We take a stance against and we say no to those things and say we welcome the love of God to literally surround us right now. Across this room, Lord, extended in the courtyard, across the airways right now, in Jesus' name, that it comes a surrounding of your people with the love of God. Lord, we open your heart, our hearts up to your word and we receive it even before we hear it with joy in Jesus' name. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Thank you.
So a moment ago, I read off those four things that we pastor shared with us about Jesus and the power he has in different aspects in different ways. But interesting thing about Jesus, he comes along and says, I only do, I only say, I only am who the Father is. I'm a reflection of who he is. So he said, that's when I'm here on this earth, I'm showing you what God's like. This is what he's like. And so he begins to live that all out, and that would take us quite a bit of time. We should be done about 3 o'clock this afternoon or so, and uh, <laughs> lunch not included. But anyway, <laughs> but you know, rehearsing and looking at the fact of what he, who he is and what he does to reflect. But then, but then, Jesus says something else. He's in the upper room with his disciples, they're talking things out, and he's sharing a lot of things, and one of them is, I'm going to go to the cross, and I'm going to die there. Now, they didn't quite get that entirely, of what he was meaning and how, what impact it would have. They didn't quite grasp all of that. But in the midst of that, there were some things he also said. And I want to talk about this morning, we're talking about rekindling, but I want to talk to you about who is the kindler? Who is the kindler? And I want to suggest to you, it's God the Holy Spirit. That I believe he is the one that Jesus sent forth and said, I'm going to leave, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you, and he's going to be just as if I were here. It's a beautiful statement that he makes in here. We're going to look at it in just a moment. But it's the Holy Spirit that comes along to enable us to be kindled, rekindled, and rekindled again. I love the example in Acts where you begin to find the church gathering together at different intervals. And when they do, they begin to pray and say, God, do it again in me. Do it again, that pouring out of the Spirit of God over my life. Because I need it today. You know, those of us that are older might remember we used to have points that we would call refilling. And there would be times like that. If you're younger and you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. You don't even have to Google it, okay? <laughs> to try to figure it out. The point is the fact that there are times in our lives where we need to admit and say, God, I've gone through a rough season, a rough situation, a rough time in my life, and I need you. And I just need a fresh outpouring of you in me right now. And God, I want a freshness. Not something that I've had or enjoyed, though it was good and great, but Lord, I need something for today. I need something for now. And obviously, that's where all of us are. We've gone through a rough season. It's been difficult in varying degrees to all of us. But it's a time for us to be able to cry out to God and say, Oh God, I need something fresh from you for this season as we move into the future. Whatever all it's going to look like. It doesn't matter how it's going to look. You walk with it, with Jesus, through it, and you begin to see the power of the Holy Spirit enable you to do the very things we said about Jesus doing and living out in his life. And that's what he seeks to do. So what does it say here in the scripture? I'm going to have you turn with me to John chapter 14. 
And we're going to look at verses 16 through 18 and then verse 25 and 26. Now, I very rarely, very rarely ever use this particular translation, preaching. I study with it a lot. I use it a lot in research and uh, putting some things together, but I rarely use it in public like this. So uh, if it offends you and all, then you have the opportunity to ask the Holy Spirit to help you forgive me. Praise the Lord. But I want to use the Amplified translation this morning. And uh, if you're digitally looking at it, you're going to be able to find it real easily and all. And if you're not, it's not going to bother you any, in any sort of fashion. The meaning is still there. But John 14, verse 16, it says, And I will ask the Father. So I'm going to do a little bit of Bible study with you right now, if, if that's okay. I'll, I'll preach too, but I'll teach some. I, I'll do something anyway. And, uh, but I want you to notice in here, it says, I will ask the Father. Who's the I? It's Jesus. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to ask the Father. And he will give you another helper. And in the Amplified, it amplifies by saying, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, to be with you for how long? Forever. Forever. How long is forever? Good, very good. You guys are really sharp. You've got it. To, you're on it this morning. It's forever. You know, sometimes we think in our minds as Christians that everything is seasonal. So God is just trying to do certain things while we're here on this earth. And when we get into heaven, there's just going to be a whole different change. Well, yes, there will be a lot of changes when we get to heaven. But the scripture talks about the Holy Spirit's going to be with us forever. So I don't have to worry about when is he going to be around, when is he not going to be available, is he kind of busy right now, is he doing other stuff or whatever. Listen, the scripture says he is going to be with us forever. So whether I'm going through COVID or not, whether I'm out of work or not, whether I'm facing problems or not, whether I have physical ailments or not, the Holy Spirit is committed to the fact of hanging around 24-7 with you and me. He's not leaving. So what a great opportunity to have somebody like that with me all the time. Now, there's a little word in here that says that I will give you another helper. Interesting statement. Jesus implies by that that he says, I'm going to give you another. So that means there has to be an original or a first. And he says, in essence, I've been a helper to you. Jesus says, I've been a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, and a standby for you. I've been that for you guys. And I, but I'm going away, but I'm not going to let you hang because I'm gone. I'm giving you another one just like me, who is going to be with you, and he's going to be in you as well. In verse 17, it says, the spirit of truth, again, talking about the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive and take, it to, take, uh, and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him, but you know him. Notice those words. You know him. If you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you've received him as your Savior and Lord of your life, you have the Holy Spirit in you right now. He is there. He's there. 
Going on, it says, because you know and because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. Now, interesting little thought here that you notice that Jesus says, I've been with you, but the Holy Spirit's going to come and be with you and be in you. I do a whole message about the ands and the buts in Scripture. It's B-U-T, by the way, okay? There's an insignificance to the fact that when the Bible comes along and connects one word with another word or one thought with another thought and all, there's significance to that because God doesn't waste words. And he ties them together. And he says, this is important and this is important. And he begins to give us thoughts. When the scripture comes along here and says that he is not only going to be with you, but he's going to be in you, there's a significance to that to realize that's why you and I at times have that sense within us where we feel like, yeah, I just don't feel comfortable about doing this, but I really want to do it anyway. I I don't want to say this, but... I want to say it anyway, because I want to give a piece of my mind to somebody. Let me suggest to you, it's not real good to give a lot of pieces of your mind to very many people. You're not going to have any left. But anyway, it's another topic. But there's significance to realize it's the Holy Spirit that comes along and says, Gary, that's not the right thing to say. That's not the right thing to do. That's not the right place to go. And the interesting thing about it is, He doesn't use a megaphone. In other words, he isn't shouting at us, hollering, yelling at us. He just speaks into our innermost being and just says, don't do that. And sometimes we have so much noise going on around us that we don't hear him speak to us. And we miss it. Going on, it tells us here, In verse uh, 18, I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, bereaved, and helpless. I will come back to you. What a promise. Jesus is coming back, folks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse uh, 25, I have told you these things while I am still with you. It's very important to to Jesus to make sure we know what is going to happen next. And I submit that to you because I want to contrast that with the devil loves surprises. And he loves to surprise us with, oh, did you see that? Oh, look what happened here. Oh, oh. And we're constantly, because he wants us to, to be diverted in our thinking and distracted by this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. But Jesus comes along and says, hey, I'm going to lay it all out there for you. Here it is. And that's why we have his word. That's why you read the word. That's why you get into the word. And if that's not your habit yet, why not? Pastor didn't pay me to say that, by the way. <laughs> you need to be in the word. You, you really do. I said, well, Gary, you know, it's just kind of, Okay. But if you're going to find out what God has to say for your life and how to live your life, here it is. 90% of the questions you need answered in your Christian walk and daily walk is right here. 
Okay, and somebody's going to ask me, he says, what about the other 10%? That's where you have the Holy Spirit. Who's living in you, and he's living with you, and he's saying, go this way, don't go this way, stop there, don't do that. And he's going to give us those specific as we need it for those individual moments where it needs to be done. He's there to do it. Get in the word. Stay in the word of God. If you don't know where to go, talk to me later. I'll be happy to help give you some thoughts and ideas to help you along the way. And then verse 26. It says, but the helper, the comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit. He wants to be real clear about who this person is, Jesus is. Whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. Interesting things that, and we're not going to go in there because we're going to be in following messages. We'll be looking at this more thoroughly. But I do want to just point it out to you in verse 26 in the end. Jesus said the Holy Spirit's going to do two things. One is he's going to be our personal teacher about anything. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit knows how to plumb stuff? You ever had that occasion when you've been trying to change and fix the toilet at 10 o'clock at night and the stores are closed and you're trying to stop the leak and it ain't stopping? Okay, nobody relates. Okay, let me move on to another example. How many times I've done that or electrical work or irrigation work or other things and all in my life. And I said, Holy Spirit, I don't know how to fix this. Would you help me? <laughs> Sounds funny. Yeah. It does. Sounds funny to me. But you know what? He's smart. He is really, really smart. And he knows how to do that stuff. There's been times where certain things that, that Kathy and I have had about the computers or something going on with that, and I've just whispered out, Holy Spirit, help us with this. And all of a sudden, it worked. How did that work? I don't know. It worked. I'm not going to complain. Let's move on. You know. Listen, the Holy Spirit knows. Give him the opportunity to show you what he knows. Ask him. For help let him teach you all things and then secondly it says and this is especially good for the over 50 crowd because he says in here Jesus said he will help you remember everything that I have told you <laughs> for those of us who come along and say man I just can't get it into my head Holy Spirit would you remind me of the word of God but here's the caveat with that if you don't put it in, it's hard to pull it out. Okay? Say, what do you mean, Gary? Let me be real plain. Get into the Word of God. Read the Word of God. It's my hobby horse, folks. Sorry. But it is. Get in the Word of God. Because when you place it in, then you'll have it available to you when you need it. And the Holy Spirit will draw it out for you and remind you of the Scripture and the Word of God when you need that. And listen, there are time after time after time after time we all need the Word of God and what it has to communicate into our lives. So give him the opportunity because God is ready to do some wonderful things. 
There are eight points of description here given about who the Holy Spirit is. And I'm going to quickly just cover them with you. And let's look at them. Number one, he says he's going to be a helper. And the meaning behind the word is it's a person called alongside to give aid. Now, I don't know about you, but I like it to realize I've got somebody I can call and say, hey, would you help me with this? The Holy Spirit is like that for you and me. He is there ready. He is waiting for you and me to come along and say, help, help, Holy Spirit. I need some help here. He says, good, I've been waiting for that. Let's go. If he's the source of all knowledge and wisdom and he has that available for you and me, why shouldn't we ask him for help? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Anyway, you know, he's like an example of a second lieutenant who serves with the lieutenant to begin to help, or the captain, and all as the person that's there to come along to ensure something is accomplished or done, or like a deputy in the sheriff's department, or vice president, or a number of different examples. People that are there for the purpose of coming along to help accomplish something to be done with along with someone else. Second word is comforter. What does the comforter do? Well, he comes along and comforts, obviously. He's going to encourage. He's going to build up. He's going to alleviate the grief. I've taught many uh, grief classes before. And one of the things I share with people along the way, usually not the first, or few, first few classes, but at some point I'm going to say, you know, let me suggest something to you. I want to suggest to you that you invite the Holy Spirit to help you know how to process your grieving right now. And it's kind of like a, a weird thought that kind of, huh, uh, 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 okay. But why not? If he's a source of knowledge and wisdom and he knows me and he's living in me and he's wi- being with me, why wouldn't he be able to help me with my grief? Now, I'm not trying to be hyper-spiritual with that, but listen, it's a resource we've got available to us. Why not tap into it when we need him? And allow him to come alongside of us and give, him, give us that which we need. Another ver- In verse 18, I love this statement that Jesus makes. He says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. What's he mean? Well, in the tradition of the day, that a rabbi that had followers with him would always refer to them as their children. And so the implication was here that when a rabbi died that those children, those disciples, became orphans. And Jesus comes here and says, I'm not doing that to you. I'm going to die, but you're not going to be left alone. I'm sending another helper for you. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's what he comes along to do for you and me. Another thing is, in number three, is an advocate. This is more like an attorney. He knows how to do legal things and work them all out. Listen, there are certain things that the enemy of our soul comes along and thinks he has a right to do with us and to us. And the Holy Spirit comes along and says, no, he doesn't. Jesus paid that he cancels those things he thinks he can do. And Jesus paid it all for you. And he comes along and says, I'm going to advocate for you. And I'm going to see this thing work through. Wow. Wow, what a person to have. 
assigned with you and me. So let me ask you with that. The Holy Spirit will align himself with you and me and, uh, uh, alongside of us. And here's the question. Who is trying to oppose our lives right now? Well, you could say the devil. But you could also say people. In various circumstances. Who is it in your life, my life, that is trying to seek to oppose? And we need to invite the Holy Spirit to come alongside. I need an advocate. I need an advocate that knows the whole legal spiritual system well. And I want to call you, come alongside of me and do the fighting for me. And show me what I should do. Another thing is number four is intercessor. It's a go-between, middleman, mediator, broker, if you will. It helps to resolve differences. The Holy Spirit knows how to resolve the things that we see different. Did you, you know, nobody raised their hands on this, okay? Get ready? Get, get real set here. <clears throat> there is, there is an, we have an intercessor that comes along to say, listen, I can resolve differences within families. Ouch. I knew it would be real quiet when I said that. But, uh, you know, whether it's a marriage, whether it's parents to children, children to parents, can God actually come along and help work that through? He's our helper. He's with us and he's in us. So why shouldn't I turn to him and say, help, I don't know how to resolve this difference between myself and someone else within my family. Or go extend it, go to your work situation, whatever the place may be. He knows how to settle differences. Another thing is he's a counselor. Believe me, I get into a lot of weird situations counseling people. And I mean weird. And I, I hear what they have to say, and I'm in, inside I'm thinking, Holy Spirit, if you don't show up, <clears throat> we're wasting our time here. Because I don't know what to say. Say, yeah, but you got a PhD. Hey, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's only good as a paper. <laughs> that doesn't mean you have all wisdom and all knowledge and all understanding at all. And I am so, so dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And to turn to him and say, Holy Spirit, you know this person. You know their situation. I don't know what to say. Because I want to say what will bring life into them right now. Show me what to say. You don't know what to do. You need advice. Turn to the Holy Spirit. He knows what you should do. Let him have the opportunity. Another thing is a strengthener. To fortify, to toughen, to cause to be firm in a conviction. Prepare us for action. The Holy Spirit comes along and says, listen... I can help get you ready to move forward. When we have to tackle something new or fresh in our lives, something we haven't done before or something we're having to reface, the Holy Spirit is the one to be able to come alongside of us and say, I can give you the strength you need to press forward. When you have those moments that you have to confront something and inside maybe you're a little bit like me, I hate confrontation. If we could get rid of that, I'd be in heaven. Literally. <laughs> But confrontation happens to all of us. But it's not something I like to do. And I often will come along, Holy Spirit, I don't, I don't want to do this. But it has to be done 
So Holy Spirit, would you show me how to do this? And he can strengthen and enable and guide and direct in so doing. Take advantage of what you have available to you right now. He's also a standby. You know, just like when we go on a a plane trip, if you've ever uh, ridden uh, standby in a plane ride, you're waiting, and if there's room for you to get on the plane, then you can get on the plane and make your trip. But if there's not room, obviously you're not going to. But the Holy Spirit is standing by right now, ready to be of help and resource to you and me. He's ready. He doesn't have to flip the switch on. It's already on. It stays on. And he's ready to come alongside you and me whenever there's a need because his heart is bent in fulfilling and being just like Jesus. And finally, number four, or number eight, is a spirit of truth. You're listening to something, you hear something, and you're saying, I don't know, is this right, is this wrong? What should I believe? What should I hang on to? What's right, what's wrong? You have a spirit of truth that's living inside of you. God hasn't called you to confusion. He hasn't called you to a state of flux where you feel like, I just don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit has truth for you and me to walk in. We look into the word of God and we say, Lord, this doesn't make sense to me. I I don't get what you just wrote here. Why did you even include that in the Bible to confuse me? Holy Spirit, would you give me understanding of what this means? Would you give me revelation of what this is all about? Invite him to do it. Invite him to share with you what is truth. You're speaking with people. You're talking to them. You say, I don't know if they're telling me the truth or not telling me the truth. Then ask the Holy Spirit. Listen, here's a... Kids, close your ears, would you? But parents, when you're unsure of whether your kids are telling you the truth, guess what? Ask the Holy Spirit. Quick story with that. My folks had told me after I'd gotten my learner's permit that don't drive anybody else's car. You're already anticipating where this is going. Well, we went out this one evening and, uh, with some people from church, and, uh, and we were going out to, to um, a, a, a nearby malt shop that was near, near the church. And uh, so we did. So on our way back, the person that was driving, and I'll say, hey, Gary, you got your letters from Why don't you come on and drive for a little bit? I get to drive. Cool. Without mom and dad. Yeah. All right. I didn't say that outside. I mean, that's what was going on inside, you know, that kind of thing. So I jump at the opportunity. Here's the interesting thing. We got within a block of my house, and the person asked me to pull over so we could change drivers. Then I get out, and I go and walk in quietly to the back of the house of the door, And I walk in, and who's sitting in the family room, in the rocking chair, but my mom. 
And her question to me is, Gary, why were you driving that person's car? Busted. (laughs) Spirit of truth. Why is he doing that? To destroy, to ruin your fun, your life? No. He's trying to save you from how you'll hurt yourself. That's why he gives revelation and understanding. Draw upon what the Holy Spirit has to say to you and allow him to be that spirit of truth to you. God has given us the Holy Spirit and he's come to release God's power into our lives and over our lives. And what a great opportunity it is to begin to realize, Holy Spirit, you can come along and enable there to be released healings in signs and wonders and the miracles. And as many of you have already commented and given thought for us about things that uh, the Lord has been doing for you and in your life, and I'll, we want to share one more testimony this morning that I think can be a blessing to you and a help to you. Amelia, would you like to come and join me? With you? Would you welcome her? Let me just go ahead. Go right ahead. Good morning. Pastor Tim asked if I would share something that I wrote in the email when he sent out to everybody. And in 2005, from 2001 to 2005, I was suffering from chronic kidney infections, so much that I was on a -a one-a-day antibiotic every single day. So if you guys know, you really shouldn't take antibiotics more than two weeks. I was taking antibiotics for over a year. Um... It was really hard at the time. There was times that my fever would get to 104 and I would become very hallucinative. And so I got to the point where I just, I told my brother and my sister, I just wanna die. Like, I don't wanna feel this pain anymore. I hate this, it's embarrassing. Um, I hate this. So I was seeing a urologist and I was pregnant with my second child and they said, we're gonna get, you're gonna have surgery. However, you have to have the baby first. So I was nine months pregnant, and I had just started coming to church here when they were, there was a woman up front, she was on this side, and they said, if anybody wants to come after ch- church for prayer, come on up. And so my mom says, go up there. I'm 24 years old, and I come up to the front, and I don't tell the woman why. I just say, I've been very sick, and I, can't, I need prayer. I don't say anything specific. So as she's praying for me, It went from she was praying for me, and then she took authority. She just started saying things over me. And in her prayer, she said, and the spirit of guilt that is affecting your kidneys, you have to leave her now. At that moment, I didn't feel anything. I was nervous. I was shy. And I just received her prayer over my life. I went home. I was really thankful. I felt blessed. I loved every part of that moment. And then... I was fine. I went to the doctor. I told them uh, I was ready to have the baby, and then the surgery was going to come after that, a couple months after I had the baby. So when I went back to the doctor and they did all my x-rays, my kidneys were fine, and I haven't had an infection for 15 years. Thank you, Amelia. Thank you. Praise the Lord. 
Did you notice one of the things she mentioned was that the person praying for her began to pray about a spirit of guilt? How does she know that? Give you one guess. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Wow. See, he has that truth to reveal. He can help you in your praying. He can help in our lives in the ways that we need. So what is it about us where we need the Holy Spirit's work today? Do you need him as a helper, a comforter, an advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, spirit of truth, or all of the above? <laughs> He's available, he's ready, and he's here for you. What do you need him to do today, right now? How can, can you draw on who he is to help you become or do what is in front of you right now to be done? He's ready, and all you need to do is ask him. I want to ask you to pray with me. <clears throat> Lord, as we bow before you in this moment, Lord, I, I feel such a heart of compassion for us. As many of us, we've walked through a myriad of things, both in this last year, let alone maybe the last month. Some of us are facing things right now. They're just in our face. And we don't know what to do. And Lord Jesus, you said you sent you ask the, Holy, ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit to be with us and in us. So therefore, I believe he is here now with us, beside us, and within us, available to be the help we need. Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to kindle something fresh in us. Reignite something, Lord, in us that says, oh God, I want you and I want only you. Lord, I want to tap into the resources you have available for me. I want to receive from you the many, many things you have available for me to live out and to walk out and to experience by the power of Almighty God. Lord, you want to bring forth. And Lord, in this moment, I agree with brothers and sisters across this room in the courtyard online that there comes the release of, first of all, the recognition, and second, Lord, the awareness, and third, Lord, the utilization of the Holy Spirit as being available for each of us to take us through whatever is in front of us right now. And Lord, whether it's like Amelia that is faced, that faced a difficulty that nobody could fix on their own. But God, by your power, by your revelation power of what was really at the heart and the core of what needed to be done, Lord, you spoke life into her. And Lord, it manifested itself in full healing into her body and her system. 
Father, for people across this room listening right now, God, I pray there would just come the power of God to begin to administrate, Lord, that grace of healing and bodies right now, healing in minds, healing in emotions, Lord, healing over relationships, healing over finances. Lord, there, there come the manifestation of your power at work in us. For Lord, that's what you've gave, given yourself to provide and make available toward us. Holy Spirit, come and rekindle the life of Jesus within us that we live it out in us, but we live it out before others. And they begin to see the power of God drawing them into the full relationship with what you are and who you are. I want to pause that prayer just a moment. Would you keep your heads bowed a moment? But some of you may be here today. Maybe you're online. And you've never opened up your heart to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you have and you say, you know, Gary, stuff got in the way. Things happened. Circumstances went wrong in my life. And I just, I kind of moved away from God or I just didn't press in with him and to him. And I'm, as you're talking today, if this is what God makes available for me and to me, I want that. I want to invite you today. I want to have the privilege to pray with you. I really do. And I want to take the opportunity of extending to you that, that chance, this moment, to say, God, I want a relationship that's ongoing with you. I don't want it to be sporadic. I want it to be constant and consistent in my life. And if that's your heart, maybe it's the first time you've ever done that. Maybe it's a time you have before someplace and you need to refresh and renew that in your life. Would you just do this for me real quickly? Because I want to pray for you. I really do. Would you just lift up your hand and by saying that, you're saying, Gary, pray for me, would you? I want to make sure where I stand with God right now. I want to tap into what you're talking about today. And I'll thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. I agree with you. I agree with you. Amen. In Jesus' name. Those of you that are online right now, or maybe in the courtyard, I can't see all of you there, but... Take your heart right now and present it to the Lord. And let me pray with you. Father, in Jesus' name, you've seen the responses of your people. And God, you love them so much, just like we said earlier. We're surrounded by your love. And Lord, I ask right now, there would be like a cocoon of the love of God that surrounds each person right now that is coming to say, God, I want an ongoing relationship with you. I don't want it interrupted. I want an ongoing thing with you, a consistency with that. And Lord, I ask that there just come the awareness of your presence to each heart this day by, Lord, bringing upon them your peace that guards their hearts and their minds. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're with us today and that's happened, we have some people that are here going to be ready to pray and all with you. We would just like to invite you to come forward and just say, hey, you know, would you pray with me? I made a decision for Jesus Christ today. I just want to solidify that by publicly acknowledging it and making that statement. If you're online with us today, would you do this for us? There's a pastor that's with you there. And just in the comment section, just simply acknowledge, say, you know, I asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life today. 
and all, and they'll pray with you. Or go online with us at sm4.org, and there you can be able to find a place that you can be able to tap in and let us know. We want to partner with you. Listen, we've all been where you may be at today, where we've had to have some help in just stepping forward. We want to do that for you. We really do, because we know the value of that, and we know it'll make a difference in your lives. There, as I said, several people up here. And maybe you come today and you say, Gary, it's been great worship. Thank you for what the word has been, all those kind of things. But, you know, there's still a pressing need that I've got right now. There are people here. They're just simply ready. They'd like to pray with you. That's it. They just want to partner with you. Because, you know, it's a whole lot better for us to walk through things together than it is alone. Please don't face things or walk out of here saying like, oh man, I just got to gut this out and get through it. Why? You got people that will love you. And we've got the Holy Spirit who's ready to release things to you. So let's give him the opportunity. So if you need prayer, come and join with us and allow the Lord to minister into your life. Would you stand with me? As we get ready to go, I just want to speak these words over, over you that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 13. Here's what he said. Be joyful. Grow in maturity. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. And he closed by saying this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church. God bless you. Enjoy your week with Jesus. We'll see you next week.